about a new rabbi that comes to town. He goes into this synagogue, and in this shul, he's presiding over this Leviah. And he mentions all the people that you have to mention. There's always an Aunt Gertrude, you know, and a great Aunt Bertie. And he mentions all the various names of the people that are going to sadly mourn and deeply miss this person. And he finishes. And everybody walks out. And there's one man sitting in the back. He's crying his eyes out. The rabbi runs up to him. He says, sorry, do, you know, are you, uh, I can see you're very moved. Was, this, was the departed someone who was your friend? He said, no, he was my brother. The rabbi feels terrible. This is like the Gemara says in Tanis, move us, The guy's not going to die again. You're not going to get your chance to make this right. He had one job to mention the family that was there and he missed it. He says, I'm really, really sorry. And the guy says, listen, rabbi, it's not your fault. They didn't even know I was coming. Didn't know you were coming. Your brother's funeral, what are you talking about? He says, they didn't know I was coming because we haven't spoken for 40 years. And the rabbi says, excuse my chutzpah, he's a young man. He says to this elderly gentleman, he says, excuse my chutzpah, he says, but 40 years, what could it be that a brother could have done to a brother that will make sure they don't speak to each other for 40 years? And the man says, as I'm sure you know, that's why I'm crying, rabbi. I can't even remember. I finish this year, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a very elderly gentleman. And when I say very elderly, I mean he made Misushel Achyuk young. Very old. It takes him maybe 20 minutes to walk to the front of the shul. He comes to the front of the shul, he's locked eyes with me, I don't want to come down because I don't want to show him da-da-da. I'm stuck there. He walks all the way up to me, it takes him 20 minutes. I finally, you know, I reach out, yes, is, uh, you know, is everything okay? He says, Rabbi, I didn't speak to my sister for 60 years. I wanted to tell him, it's not a competition here. You know, I wasn't trying to, 40 years, 60 years, do I hear 80, 90, 100 years, I killed my brother, shut up, Kayan. Either way, you understand? I don't, it's not what's going on here. Take it easy. He says, I'll tell you, Rabbi, 60 years, could you believe it? Now I feel like I'm the Rabbi in the story. I look at this guy and I say to him, tell me, excuse my chutzpah, but what could a sister have done to her brother that would make the brother not speak to for 60 years. And I'm waiting for the answer of the story. But that answer was not coming. He says, when my father died, there was only one thing that I wanted from the Yerusha. One thing that I wanted from that apartment. It was Armenoira. She brought in the cleaning crew. They took everything that she didn't want and they threw it away. I told her there was one thing that I wanted, just that menorah. And she threw everything, everything, other than the things that she wanted away. How could I forgive her? I knew what was coming, and maybe you could see it too. I said to him, tell me, was a menorah made out of gold, or platinum, or diamonds? He says, no, in fact, the menorah wasn't made out of anything precious at all. It wasn't very expensive menorah. It was made out of, you know, some metal, copper, or whatever it was. Again, knowing what's coming, but needing to finish the story, needing to see it through to its end. I said, so then why are you so upset? And Rabbi said, listen to this. He says, you know why I'm so upset? That menorah was brought out by my father. 
It was handed down to him from his father, from his father, from his father. It's the only thing that came with us from Russia to England. That menorah, he says, was like family. And she threw it out. That's what I haven't spoken to her in 60 years. And I said to him, excuse me, pardon my chutzpah. I said, but for something that's like family, you're going to throw away actual family? I'll never forget his eyes as he looked up at me and they started filling with tears. A man that realizes he's made a mistake for 60 years and he says to me, there's a phone call I think I need to make. And if a Meshuggah from America hadn't come to this God-forsaken town in the middle of nowhere, maybe he would have died without ever making up with his sister.